And welcome to Ray Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me. JRootRadio.com, JRootRadio app, all the JRootRadio ways for you to listen. For those of you who are new listeners, here's what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had an amazing, amazing Pesach. After all that stress, after all that work, after all the lachats. Wow, was there so much lachats before Pesach. It, it was just everywhere. It's on the street. Forget about the people I'm working with. It, it's on the street. So much lachats, so much stress. And then comes Pesach. I really, really, really hope that you actually heeded to what we speak. We spoke about before Pesach. Remember, we spoke about going into Pesach calmly and relaxingly, and after all that work, not coming into the storm like all just wiped out, and having that erev yamtiv, just like a really, really good day. If that did not happen this year, don't worry. It's always another Pesach. Okay, like this. First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, today I believe is the. 12th day of the Omer, which is one week and five days of the Omer. For those of you who do not count the Omer, this is a live show, May 5th. This is a live show, and oh boy, do we have news for you. Wow, wow, do we have news for you. You, you might have heard about it already. You might have heard about it already, but there is a, oh wow, there is, there is going to be a really, really special event that's going to happen, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, next Sunday evening. It, you know, it's, it's a J-Roots fundraiser, but I want to tell you, it's, it's probably Be'ez Hashem, Yisbarach, I mean, maybe there are other events. This is going to be like, if not the, at least one of the mega marriage and parenting event. This is going to be like a very, very big Be'ez Hashem, Yisbarach. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because we're going to cover a lot of ground. We have a short time. We're going to cover a lot of ground. It's going to be myself and Mordechai Weinberger. And I actually have some good news here. We actually just got someone, we actually got another highly, one of the most highly acclaimed psychiatrists in the community, Dr. Alfred Nudman is going to be joining us as well. He's going to be addressing medication issues. Why? Why? Because we want to, we want to make it a comprehensive event. We don't want to just, you know, focus on one thing. There's so much to talk about. Honestly, this event could probably be the whole week. And, and, and Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, the, the interest, the feedback is, is really getting there. So I just want to tell everybody, don't wait for the last moment with this. Really don't wait for the last moment. You go to jrootradio.com. You can order tickets. You can get early bird discounted tickets if you have groups of 10 or more. I do not know if we're going to have enough seats. Seriously, I, I really don't. I, I can't tell you. Honestly, I can't tell you. It's the first time we're doing it. But I will tell you that Baruch Hashem, there's a lot of people who are interested there are people, I think, actually in Muncie who want to come as well. So just, here's the story. If you're interested, go online, jrootradio.com, order your tickets before these tickets are sold. It's going to be next Sunday, not this Sunday. I don't, oh, actually, one second. I don't know when you're listening to the show because this show actually is live on Thursday. You might be hearing the show on Monday night. Um, and then it's not next Sunday. Then it's this Sunday, right? It's Sunday, May 15th, I believe it is. Yeah, Sunday, May 15th. Uh, 6.45 p.m. in Flatbush, SLC. Um, that's Avenue T and East 8th Street. They only have so many seats there. It's going to be separate seating, obviously. We want, we're want we inviting everybody. This is not like, you know, uh, is this like a Flatbush event, a Borough Park event, a Williamsburg event? 
you know what? It's it's your event. It's for everybody. You're gonna be your do- this is gonna be like okay. Actually, let's take a couple of steps back. Number one, hello, we are in the middle of Sphera right now. Yes, yeah, Sphera. Some of you might not actually be aren't aren't haven't taken upon the customs of Avelis yet. There's different menhagim, right? We have different menhagim as far as when we start the customs of Avelis. Some of us are listening to music. Some of us are not listening to music. But one thing for sure, after Rosh Chodesh, that's it. Party's over. We all know the music, you know, no more music, no more weddings, no more simchas. It's over, except, you know, an engagement, you know, that we know we never stop for. But, but other than that, that's it. That's it. There's no, more, there's no more simcha. Why? Because of what happened to Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim. Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim, a lot of them, 24,000, I believe it was, all died. Why? Now, you could say, oh, they got sick, there was a plague, there was this. We know that the world doesn't work like that. HaKadosh Baruch was in charge. And the reason they died is because they did not show respect one to the other. So do you really, really think that, we're talking about Talmidei Chachamim over here. I ask you, all those people who are listening to me right now in the car, in your kitchen, wherever you are, do you think that these Talmidei, Rabbi Akiva students, mind you, these Talmidei Chachamim, what, they were being nasty to each other, they were criticizing, attacking each other? No, I'm sure at their level, they weren't respecting each other, whatever that means. So we're going to be in Avelis. We're not going to listen to music. We're not going to, there's not going to be weddings. Nothing's going on as far as Simcha's concerned. So, okay, great. Remember them. That's not just, you know, I think Holocaust Memorial Day might even be today. So it's not just a matter of remembering, but it's what could we do? What could we do? The base of is not here. I'm actually sitting here in the studio. It's so funny. I'm, I'm sitting here and talking to you. And I see a picture of the Beis Hamikdash, like literally right in front of me. It's just like beautiful picture of Beis Hamikdash. It's like, and this one's like in Shemayim. Wow, this is interesting. This is Beis Hamikdash in Shemayim, waiting to come down, waiting to come down, and the Beis Hamikdash is waiting to come down. But what we have to fix what we did. It was Ben Adam lechaveru. That's what it was. The second Beis Hamikdash, right? Ben Adam lechaveru. We have to fix what we do. How do we do that? We improve our relationships. Ladies and gentlemen, it, when I'm, you know, think about relationships where? With your friends, with your boss, with your workmates. Okay, that's all important, but you know where it all starts? It starts in our homes. That's where it starts. In our houses, with our husbands, with our wives, with our children. Parenting skills is not just a matter of, well, how do I parent my child? We want to connect to our children. We want our children to listen to us. They have to feel loved. They have to feel cherished. They have to feel validated. They have to feel good about themselves. Wow. 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 There's so much to talk about at 11.11. I'm looking at the other screen here. 11.11. Thursday, May 5th. You might be listening to this. Monday. Okay, like this. You know, I, I, was, just, I, I was looking at a Ramban this morning. Very interesting. Um, talks about... You know, it's, we're not, I'm not holding by Midbar yet. My Midbar is going to come up soon. Safer, safer by Midbar is coming soon. It starts, and you know what it speaks about? I feel this is such a great intro for today's class. Safer by Midbar. Safer by Midbar speaks about, starts, one of the things that it talks about is placing boundaries around the Ohel Mohit. Now, for those of you who don't know what Ohel Mohit is, Ohel Mohit in English is called Tabernacle. And what that means is like a mini Based on Migdash, as if to say, like a small place, a traveling house for Hashem in the Midbar, in the desert. And that's what they, what the Bnei Yisrael erected. They put it together in the Midbar. And there was Kedusha in the Ohel Moed. And it talks about placing boundaries around the Ohel Moed. 
we can't get too close to it. You can't just come in. You can't just come into the Ohol mode whenever you want. You can just come into the base of Migdash. Oh, where are you going? I'm going to the base of Migdash. Yeah, I'm going for a minion in the base of Migdash. What do you mean you're going for a minion in the base of Migdash? Can I ask you a question? Uh, did you order the mikvah this morning? Are you Tahar? Are you Tameh? I mean, it's a lot of boundaries. A lot of boundaries around the base of Migdash, around the Ohel Moed. And you know where else there was a boundary? There was a boundary around Har Sinai. When, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu came down to Har Sinai, right? Hashem came down to Har Sinai, right? Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to what? Make a boundary around the mountain. There should be a boundary. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have boundaries in your relationships? You know what I'm saying now? Boundaries? I'm talking about placing communication boundaries in your relationships with your husbands, with your wives. Are you saying everything? It's just like, you know, whatever pops in your mind, you just say it. Whatever you think, you just blurb it out. Maybe your husband does it. Maybe your wife does it. It could get annoying. Maybe they just get upset. They criticize you all the time. Or maybe they just say things to mock you and to make fun of you. It's a joke. Oh, I'm just picking on. Get, get over it. It's a joke. I'm just making a joke. What are you getting so... It's such a joke. Making a joke. No, 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 no. Klal Yisrael, we have to put boundaries around our marriages. That's what we have to do. How do I know this? Because marriage is kadosh. That's what marriage is. It's called kedushin, right? Kedushin is the only thing that's called kedushin. Why is it called Kedushin, Kadosh? Because it's holy. So around our relationships, we have to put boundaries. we got to put boundaries around our relationships. Today, I'm going to be discussing some of those boundaries of what we have to put in our relationships. And I want to tell you, if you place the boundaries that I'm going to talk about today, Mirza Hashem, you place them in your marriage, you're going to see that that's going to prevent a lot of the machlokas and a lot of the hurt and a lot of the criticizing. And a lot of the attacking that might be going on in your houses, it's going to stop because you're placing boundaries. Now, you both have to be on board over here. Yeah, I'm not just talking to the husbands or to the wives here. I'm talking to both of you, and you really should have a conversation. Those of you who are, you know, for those of you who recently got married, oh, it's much easier because you just got married. Okay, yeah, make boundaries, not a problem. We, we're Mama Shoshana Rishona. That's what Shoshana Rishona is all about. It's about placing boundaries. It's about, it's about putting safeguards. But if you're in your Shana Shlishis or Chamishis or how long are you married? 15 years? 20 years? 25 years? It can, chill, it can still change. It can still change. I'm not just saying this based on maybe. I see it. I work with Baruch Hashem. I'm Hashem was Mezakami to, to work with couples. And I see how couples can change their lives around even 15 years in, 30, 30 years in, yeah, even more, 40 years in, 40, even more. Seriously, even more. You're 50. I've worked with, with, with elderly couples. I'm telling you, it could change around. But one of the, one of the primary steps, critical steps that you've got to implement in your marriage are these boundaries. Same way they put boundaries around the Beis HaMikdash, around the Olamoid, around Har Sinai, we have to put boundaries around our relationships. Now, what I'm going to be doing is as follows. I'm so happy you're listening today. Okay. And don't forget, don't forget the mega event. We want to see everybody there. Mirza Shah, I'm going to be there. Um, Mordechai Weinberger is going to be there. We just got Dr. The esteemed psychiatrist, Dr. Nudman, is going to be there. Speaking, we're going to be speaking about relationships. He's going to be speaking about medication. We're going to, be we're going to have a Q&A session. It's going to be next Sunday, or if you're listening to this Monday night, it's going to be this Sunday. May 15th is when it's going to be. 
And I would suggest you get tickets early because I do not know if we're going to have enough seats. And it's a J-Root program, meaning all ticket sales, the money you're giving to get go in there is basically going to go to J-Root. It's not expensive. I'm not sure exactly what tickets are. You can look online. You can get an early bird discount at jrootradio.com. You know I usually don't plug, but you know what? I'm doing it now because for J-Root, very, very, very important. We want to see a lot of people there. Okay. And Amir Tzashem Baruch Hashem. Here we go. Just listen to this very interesting thing here. I'm going to actually be quoting you here from and- Andrea Bonnier. She's, she, she, she's, okay. she's a psychologist, noted speaker, noted author as well. And, and what she actually did, she made a list of, let's call it, um, she doesn't call them boundaries. I, I'm going to tell you soon what she does with this particular list. But we're going to use it as, we're going to label it as boundaries, okay? But it is her stuff, okay? It's, it's Andrea Bunyers. And I'm going to add some stuff of my own in Mr. Shem afterwards. But uh, I think she puts it, we, we definitely spoke about this before, but I think she puts it in a really nice way. And I just want to read from her, okay? Like this, listen to this. Number one. Boundary number one, okay? And this, if you do not have this boundary in your relationship, oh boy, it's, it's got to start. It's got to start. Okay, we're going to get down to business. <laughs> my jacket getting hot over here. Okay. Well, not here in the studio today. Number one, teasing or ridicule that has uncomfortable undercurrent. Listen to this. She writes it well. Humor and even teasing can be a fundamental mode of interacting with many long-term relationships. The key aspect is whether it feels comfortable and loving to both parties. In many, many relationships, emotional abuse can be thinly veiled as, oh, I'm just playing with you. You shouldn't take it personally. And in one fell swoop, not only does the original criticism stand, but now an additional criticism of you having, having the wrong reaction has been levied. And you're basically being told that you don't have a right to your own feelings. A classic move by uh, Joy She writes, controlling people everywhere. And I, I want to be very careful when I quote her. I really, really do. And, and I'm not going to get into this right now. But uh, trust me on this one. Baruch Hashem, again, like I said, Hashem is blocking me. I work with a lot of couples. Just because your spouse is overstepping the boundaries that you set or you haven't set in your marriage does not label them as controlling. There are controlling husbands out there. There are. Few. Few. I, I don't, you know, you know, if people start saying like, people are like slamming labels onto everything. This one's controlling. This one's ADD. This one's bipolar. This one's abusive. Very easy to say. Let's be very, very careful before we use the term controlling because that term, that term is a very serious, could be a very serious term. And I wouldn't, I really wouldn't use that. I really wouldn't use that. And I beg to differ with, with Andrea here. And that is, I would not consider that necessarily controlling. I've worked with many, many couples, Baruch Hashem, who've been teasing and ridiculing each other and making fun of each other and sarcasm and all that stuff. And we worked on it, and then it just went away. It just simply went away. Didn't mean that the spouse was controlling. It did not mean that the spouse was controlling. And some therapists, honestly, I'm sorry to say this, like to latch onto that term, controlling what your husband's being controlling or your wife's being controlling. Well, they're not necessarily being controlling. You know, I'm very happy that you have them in individual therapy, which is great. I'm not saying not, and you're helping them. But it's not always control. Sometimes it really is. And we're going to be speaking about it maybe at the end of today's show if we have a time for it. But there's no question about it that teasing 
or ridiculing or being sarcastic with your wife or with your... Oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Oh, how do you like the way I look today? Oh, you look ugly. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. How do you like the food? It's disgusting. Yeah, I'm just joking. Oh, yeah, you know, your brother is really, really smart. Stop being sarcastic. Not with your wife. Not with your husband. Take the sarcasm away. I mean, this is a little cholesterol over here. I'm Kadosh. This is Kadusha. You know, you wouldn't be talking like this to Rosh Hashiva. Maybe, maybe today people do. I don't know. But you know what? Stop. Take away the control. Stop. I, excuse me. I say control. I'm just reading this under control. Take away the teasing, the sarcasm, the 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 belittling, and that's not to be that's not to be belittling. Just like I'm just joking. Oh, I'm just playing with you. Cut it out. Cut it out. She's your wife. You're supposed to love her. She's your husband. You're supposed to love him. You respect him. We don't talk to him like that. You don't speak to her like that. We don't play games like games with each other. Ah, uh, a joke, a joke. Stop it. Just cut it out. You know what it leads to? It leads to machlokas. You're not respecting each other. You feel loved when your husband's sarcastic to you. You feel loved when, you, when your wife makes one of these jokes. No. So cut it out. Next. Making acceptance, caring, attraction conditional. One spouse says to the other, quoting from her, Ashley, oh, I love you so much when you make a lot of money. <laughs> what? What is that? What is that? Or, uh, yeah, I think you look very nice, but you got to, you know, only when you lose weight. If you, can, um, if you can't even bother to make me dinner, I don't even know why, why I'm getting, what I'm getting from this relationship. Um, you know, if you'd actually finished college, then you'd have, then you'd have something to talk about with, then you'd have something to talk about with me and I wouldn't feel like you're some sort of loser. Don't, don't condition your love with your spouse on anything. Seriously, with anything. Don't place conditions on, on your love or your commitment. That's really your commitment in your marriage. Your commitment in marriage is supposed to be solid as a rock. Really solid. That's, you know, when, when two people get married, this is that, you know, unfortunately today there's so many divorces going on. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes, sometimes it has to happen. I, I understand that. I understand that. But, but really far and few. It, it has to happen sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Has, but, but why? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be so rampant. It really doesn't have to be so rampant. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I, I've seen... Just me, I'm not the only marriage counselor out there. You know, I, I've seen couples, spoken to other people with couples who you'd think, like, I'm telling you, people would say, you know, he's abusive, she's, she's narcissistic. It's like, go on and on, all these labels. And you know what? They work on their marriage and Baruch Hashem, it turns around. There's got to be real commitment in our marriages. Our marriages cannot be based or conditional on any specific thing. It's... I. Love you, period. Period. The end of the day. Now, when I feel more loved when you do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or she feels more loved, that's fine. There could be different love languages. That's okay. But the love has to be the commitment, I should say. The commitment has to be unconditional. Not conditional. Okay. Next. An overactive scorecard. Listen to this. Healthy, stable relationships have a sense of reciprocity. I'm saying this wrong. Reciprocity built into them. It's inherent that you will look out for each other and not 
bean count every little time you do something to help the other one out. If your partner is forever keeping tally of every last interaction within your relationship, whether to hold a grudge, demand a favor in return, or be patted on the back, it could very well be their way of having the upper hand. And it could be downright exhausting to be on the other side of That's for sure. It could be definitely downright exhausting to be on the other side of 100%. 100%. It's not always really to have the upper hand, by the way. I just want to mention this again. And this is why, I, you know, the big machleik is over here. I dingzach with uh, Dr. Bonyer. And the reason I dingzach here, again, none of this stuff is empirical. So, so, you know, I have definitely right to do this. And we all, you know, everybody talks from their experience. She speaks from her experience. I can tell you from my experience. that I, I, just don't, I don't think this is true. And I, was, I think it's very important not to have an overactive scorecard, but it's not necessarily, and here again, see, I don't like the, the lashiness over here. I'll be honest with you, I, I like the way she says it, and I'll tell you why. Nothing, she might be a great psych, psych, psychologist, but the point is, it's not that the other person's trying to get you. It's not always that the other person's trying to get you. Many, if not most of the time, these are self-esteem issues, self-worth issues, where the person just feels really bad about themselves. Maybe they're not doing well enough in the marriage. They just feel like, you know, like I have so many husbands who tell me, you know, I feel like I can never make my wife happy. That's what they tell me. I feel like I can never make my wife happy. So when a husband's feeling like that, he's going to try, he's going to make a scorecard. I'm not saying it's a healthy thing. I'm not saying you should do it. You shouldn't do it. But it's not because he's trying to have it up on you. He's because he's feeling really bad. Maybe he's feeling over-criticized, and that's why he's doing it. But definitely, it's not a good idea. I, I want to mention, though, I do want to mention, as I'm talking to you about this, and hopefully I have Siat Deshmaya today, and that is, and that is sometimes it is important to keep, sometimes, in exceptional cases, and I'm talking about real exceptional cases, it is important to sometimes, especially for men, when they're doing a lot for their wives, really doing a lot for their wives, sometimes in certain cases to log it, and I'll tell you why. Because what happens is men who have incredibly low sense of self-esteem and when they get into that argument with their wives, should never get into arguments with our wives, but when it happens, and God forbid, your wife has her hats on, and let's say she lays this thick, and she's like, just, she just, she's got her hats on. You know, a person has the hats on, we say things we don't mean, and just, you know, we could say, you're never there for me, we could balloon and say, you're never there, and the husband could feel like, what are you talking about? At least he knows, okay, she's upset now, I know I did this, that, the other thing, I'm very devoted. Then afterwards, to work it out. Those are exceptional cases, but in general, even if you're going to do that, definitely don't verbalize it to your wife or to your husband on a constant basis. It should hardly even, if ever happen. Okay, next. Next, 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 next. And again, for those of you who are just joining, what I'm doing is I'm talking about boundaries, creating boundaries in your relationships. Same way Kosh Baruch instructed us to keep boundaries around holy places. The base Hamikdash, Har Sinai, um, the Ohel Moed. Your marriage is holy. We're, we're placing boundaries around our relationships. I'm actually quoting. I, I, I've got this here. It's sort of uh, categorized, so I like it. But I am, I am adding stuff. I'm taking away stuff. It's from my own personal experience, and everybody can argue. Um, from Doctor Bonier. Okay, like this. We're moving on, and this is actually like this. Next, spying snooping or requiring constant disclosure. A controlling partner typically feels that they have the right to know more than they actually do. 
Whether they keep their snooping secret or openly, openly demand that you must share everything with them, it is a violation of boundaries from the get-go. Perhaps he or she checks your phone, logs into your email, or constantly tracks your internet history. I'm quoting this. And then justifies this by saying that they've been burnt before, have trust issues, or the old standard. If you're not doing anything wrong, then you shouldn't mind showing me. It's a violation of your privacy, hand-in-hand with the unsettling message that they have no interest in trusting you, and instead want to take on a police-like presence within your relationship I agree with the concept, and definitely there should be these boundaries. You should not be spying, snooping, or requiring constant disclosure. You should not be looking at your, at your husband's text or your wife's text. You should have trust. You should be trust, you know what I'm saying? But I am going to argue here again. It's not, again, because they want to have a police-like presence. Not always. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's true. But then we'll talk about what real control a little bit later on, and then it's just a pattern. But generally, this is not what it is. Again, it upsets me when people write this. It's like, oh, abusive control. That's not what it is. I've been working with cases. We turn these things around with Seattle Shemaya. But the point of the matter is spying, snooping, requiring constant disclosure is inappropriate in your relationship. You should not be looking through your husband's texts. You should not be looking through your wife's texts. Well, if you have nothing to hide, you shouldn't be looking. It's something called privacy, and they want to maintain privacy. That's fine. Now, on the same token, on the same token, you have, you know, <laughs> you should not know about this, but, you know, you work with people and you get to see. You have spouses who are like, oh, my gosh, they may touch, you know, when one spouse touches the other spouse's phone, oh, boy, it's like sparks starts flying. Don't look at my phone. Don't look at my... Now already, whoa, 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 whoa. Now you might need some outside help. Now you might need some outside help because something might be going on here. But don't figure it out yourself. Don't start snooping and spying. If, then you could say, you know, why don't you go get, get some help? We're going to get some help because I, I feel, I don't know, I feel something's going on. I know you feel not, but I want it to be disclosure. And then, you know, and then when well, you have a third party involved, there could be disclosure, transparency, which is very important. Um, sometimes, sometimes what it is, is that, is that what? Sometimes what it is, is that, is that your partner, your spouse, might have come from a previous relationship, second marriage, etc., where there were trust issues. And that's why this is happening. That, that can happen as well. That can happen as well. Okay? And, and sometimes they're suspicious because something's just going on, you know? <laughs> if your husband is spending all night texting someone, you have no idea what's going on, or, you know, your wife is constantly, you know, Facebooking nonstop to the end of the who knows what, right? It's like, it gets you nervous. So again, at that point, you know, you can ask for disclosure. You can ask for transparency. Then you can feel calm, you know. And then you could go the next step, maybe get a third party involved. That's what I'm saying. But uh, spying, snooping, constant disclosure, it's, it's inappropriate. Inappropriate, and there should be boundaries. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's move on. Okay, next, 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 next. Not respecting your need for time to be alone. Interesting how she writes it. It's another way of sapping your strength, making you feel guilty for time you need on your own to recharge, or making you feel like you don't love them enough when you perhaps need less time with them, and they need than they need with you. It is natural that two partners, she writes, may not automatically have the exact same needs in terms of alone time, even if they are both extroverts or introverts. In healthy relationships, 
communication about those needs leads to a workable compromise. Okay, in unhealthy ones, the person needing alone time is made out to be a villain or denied time alone together, taking away yet another way they can strengthen themselves. I will tell you, the one where I took out was, again, controlling. But, but I'll tell you like this. I agree. I 100% agree with this. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because, and I see this a lot, sometimes spouse just needs to be alone a little bit. This is a very big problem in fused relationships. When I say fused relationships, I'm talking about when individuals have grown up, especially, well, it could be psychiatric, but sometimes it could just be, um, it, it could just be socially um, triggered, meaning like this, or, or parentally triggered. If somebody did not have a healthy relationship growing up, they just had a, a, a very, let's say, either a, a distant relationship, questionable relationship, uh, unhealthy attachment patterns, they didn't feel loved, validated by their mother, by their father, maybe they, their parents were divorced and they didn't get to spend enough time, whatever it is, I'm not saying there could be divorced parents that do spend time, but the point is, whatever it is, reason it is, if, if it was an unhealthy and, for, and maybe they experienced trauma, they could have experienced real abuse, like this, it's very possible that what? It's very possible that, that that they're going to need an incredible amount of love and an incredible amount of behavioral and physical attachment, meaning they're going to want to be with you all the time, nonstop, 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 nonstop. It doesn't mean it's controlling. I, I, I'm, this, I'm, yeah, this way it upsets me. People write these things. It doesn't mean it's controlling. It's unhealthy. It is unhealthy, and we should definitely create boundaries. Spouses need time alone. It's okay. You don't have to call your spouse every second. Where are you? What's going on? This and that. It doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to happen. It's unhealthy. You should have these boundaries in your relationships. Sometimes, sometimes your wife is going to want to go out with her friends. That's okay. It's okay. You have to call her every second. Sometimes your husband is going to want to go out with his friends a little bit. It's okay. Depends, you know, if there's more from, they're going to be going to, you know, maybe to a share together, the Hulu, right? Less from, maybe they're going, you know, wherever they're going. Again, I'm not advocating things, not a share. The point of the matter is, is that they're going to need some alone time. There's nothing wrong with some alone time. To have some alone time, that's fine. That's fine. You know, people always ask, not always, but people used to ask me, what if my husband, like, he wants to go away with his friends for a day? My wife wants to go away with her friend. For a day. You know, I'll tell you. It, it, it's definitely not a little chatkhila. It's not a little chatkhila. It's not. It's not a little chatkhila. But sometimes your husband might need it. Might need it. Sometimes your, might, your wife might need it. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure going on in the house. A lot of pressure. A lot of lachats. And your wife just needs a couple of days. I, 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 oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I need a day. Your husband needs a day. It depends on the relationship. You know, some some of you who are listening to this are like, Rabbi Greenfield, are you serious? Are you serious? Like, for my husband to take a day off, my wife to take a day off, and I don't know what your relationship is. And I work with all sorts of relationships. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's important. There's no, there's no absolutes when it comes to these things. But one thing is absolute with this is that sometimes it's okay for your wife to be, to read her book a little bit or this, your husband to do something alone. Obviously, if it gets out of hand, okay, it gets out of hand. But it's okay. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's move on to the next thing. Making you earn trust or other good treatment. Of course you will trust someone you've 
dated for five years, more than, again, <laughs> as I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, yes, this is Dr. Bonier speaking here, okay? This is Dr. Bonier speaking. And, you know, in our community, Baruch Hashem, right? We don't date people for five years. But, who knows who's listening to this, actually. But I will tell you like this. Again, we'll move on. Okay, more than, you tr- more than you trust the person you've been seeing for a month, but some amount of trust should be assumed or inherent within the relationship. For instance, as you mentioned, you shouldn't always have to detail your whereabouts for every moment of every day, nor should your spouse automatically have the right to access your email or text or internet circuit. We spoke about this already. If trust or even civil treatment is viewed as something you need to work up to rather than the default setting of the relationship the power dynamic in your relationship is off kilter. It's true. It's true. There should be a certain sense of trust in your relationship. There has, a good relationship has a certain sense of trust. I'm constantly, I'm constantly, there are couples, you know, that in the beginning of the relationships, there were trust issues and they've worked and, uh, and, that, and it just stays. That's why it's so important. Yeah? So the Shpachu gives us the, all these halachos, you know, the halachos of Yichud, for example. It could get complicated sometimes, but it's so important. It's so important. Why? Because it's a boundary. Yichud is a boundary. Ilchus Yichud is a boundary. It protects us. It protects us. It protects our, our holiness in our house. When there's Shalom Bayis, there's Shechina in your house. The Shechina is in your house. So that's why all these halachos are very important. So we talk about a certain level of trust. A certain level of trust is important. Okay. Here we go. Making you feel you don't measure up or are unworthy of them, whether subtly making you feel um, not so worthy, constantly reinforcing his or her professional accomplishments as compared to yours, or even comparing you unfavorably to their. These toxic relationships often want you to feel grateful that you're in a relationship with them. This creates a dynamic where you will be more willing to work harder and harder to keep them and make them happy. A dream for someone who wants to dominate a relationship. Again, this could be self-esteem. It could be control. It could be both ways. That's the truth. That's the truth. This one, it could really work both ways. It could be a controlling relationship, but it could be a self-esteem issue. And you have to, you know, you, you've got to ask someone, a professional, if this is happening a lot and not your neighbor, <laughs> meaning just to be able to smell it, really what's going on over here. But, uh, this is an issue. This is definitely an issue. I don't see this a lot, honestly. I really don't see this a lot, but it's definitely an issue. Let's move on. Teasing or, rid- or ridiculing that has uncomfortable undercurrents. Okay, that we spoke about already. Inability or unwillingness to ever hear your point of view. You may notice that you are constantly interrupted or that opinions you express have been quickly forgotten or never acknowledged in the first place. Perhaps... The conversation is always so overwhelmingly dominated by your spouse that you can't remember the last time they asked you a meaningful question about how you were doing and actually listen to the answer. Think, too, of whether you've ever tried to give them feedback about how their behavior makes you feel and whether they've actually been able to take it in or whether they've dismissed it out of hand or perhaps even blamed you for having an invalid opinion. Here's another one, which, I, again, I really would not label as control, but I, what I will say is that it's a very, very unhealthy thing in a relationship, and I'm saying this in many relationships, 
this is very this is a very important piece, ladies and gentlemen, and that is let your spouse talk and validate them. You don't have to constantly argue with them. I understand that what they're saying is not right. I understand that what that they're this far doesn't make sense, and they're coming from left field. Just listen. Just listen and validate. Why do you have to argue? Why do you, it's your spouse? It's your spouse. You know, again, this is your home. This is Kedusha. You want to bring Kedusha in your home. You want to minimize Machlokas. You want your husband or your wife to feel good about themselves. It's especially true for wives to their husbands. If they're saying something that's off, I'm not chastral. I'm not saying that inappropriate. But some, some, your husband's saying something you don't agree with. Gentlemen, your wife's saying something she doesn't agree with. Stop arguing with her. Stop arguing with her. Stop for Shdosim. What's the point? Who cares if what she thinks about the Shidduch crisis? Who cares what he thinks about this? Or, or let's say he's talking about something that happened in the past. Do you have to constantly correct him? Do you have to, or do you have to constantly correct her? Spouses do this all the time. It, it's really, really not good. Now, there are different reasons people do this. I think we had a show on this. One of the reasons that people do this is because they have a little sense of self-esteem and they want to show that they know better. Um... The other reason that people do this is because they want to fix it. I want to fix it. No, you're saying what you're saying is wrong. I, I need to fix it. You're not learning Gemara with your wife. Stop learning Gemara with your wife. <laughs> you're not doing that. Just not. oh, you know, you're not right. No, it's not Gemara here. It's your wife. Stop arguing with her. She's gonna she's gonna feel criticized. She's gonna feel hurt. She's not gonna say it. And ladies, your husbands too. Seriously, your husbands too. It works both ways. So that's 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 important. Stop arguing. Just yes, that's true. Interesting. And think to your head. I don't know what she's saying. Or I don't know what he's saying. It's weird. I don't agree with that. Your, your wife's saying a story of what happened. It's completely, whatever, some off band, nothing to do. It doesn't make a difference. And by the way, by the way, this is also true where this is also true when in the middle of, an, of a fight or an argument. I don't like saying the word fight, but they do happen, right? And uh, if you're in the middle of a tit for tat and your husband, right, your husband says to you, what do you mean? I told you to go to the cleaners. He never did. He started arguing back and forth. Who cares? Just let it go. He's not, you're not going to change his mind. I, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not changing nobody's mind. Oh, if he would have had a videotape, if he would have had a recorder, I could have recorded him and he would see that he's telling me things that are not true or she would know that she's telling me things that are not true and she says, says it right now like she really believes it and it's really true. Oh, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Seriously, let it go. These are boundaries you should be having in your relationships. Letting it go. Now, here's some, some more boundaries I think we should have in our, relation, our relationships. Um, in all relationships, all relationships, and it's definitely in, ter- in, in our, our, our marriages, holy relationships. All relationships should be, should be holy. But I'm Yisrael, we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be, we're, we're, we're supposed to feel the Kedusha in our homes, and we're supposed to try as much as we can to have it remain a holy place. And here are a couple of more boundaries that I always, I just added boundaries that I, just, I had has written. I'm just going to mention this to everybody. Number one, we do not use nivel pen in our homes. Yeah, we do not use nivel pen. Period. The end. Should, you do not. And if you are using it, cut it out. Cut it out. Now again, I, I know that not all of you are listening to this with your spouse around. I realize that. I do realize that. Okay, fine. And you're thinking right now, I don't, but my spouse does. And I should tell him, you got to be careful how you tell him. You have to know how to speak to your husband also or your wife also. 
But we do not use nivel pet. It should be it should be a policy. It's a boundary. We don't use it. Period. The end. Would you use nivel pet to rush a shiva? Would you use nivel pet to 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 to, to, to I mean, we don't do this. We don't do this. We don't use nivel pet. You want the kedusha to run away? Fine. Next. Next. If there's an issue. If there's an issue, and it's not a good time to, dis- to discuss it, and you know it's going to lead to a fight, we're allowed to say it's not a good time to discuss this. You're allowed to say that. It's okay to say it's not a good time to discuss this. Okay? That's fine. That's fine because it's going to lead to a fight. And we don't get into argument and say, no, no, I want to discuss it right now. Right now. Right now, I'll discuss it right now. No, it's not a good time because you see your husband has his hats on. You might have your hats on. Hungry, angry, tired, stressed. Those of you who are new to our shows. Okay. We do not discuss certain things in front of other people. We do not discuss certain things of other people. We don't. Meaning, personal stuff you don't discuss in front of other people. If you're upset at your husband, at your wife, you don't bring a fight up in front of children, in front of other people. These are boundaries you should have in your house. Um, I also want to mention something else. If you're having shalom bias issues, you don't... You know, you, you don't bring out your dirty laundry to your neighbors, to your cousins, to your this, to your that. Try to deal with it in your home with your husband. You're upset at your husband. You're upset at your wife. So you got your hats on. Calm down and work it out. Either be mevater, which is the best thing, but if you really can't be mevater, then work it out. Work it out. There are ways to negotiate. Work it out. Okay, you have to know. You have to learn. Whatever. But the point of the matter is, we don't want to take out our dirty laundry to the whole world because the Believe you me, things run around town, number one. Number two, it's not fair for your spouse. How many couples I've had that get so upset because their, their spouse tells everything to their mother, everything to their father. It's inappropriate. If you feel you have a real issue, you could take it to a professional. Take it to a professional. You could take it to someone. But don't, 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 don't hang your dirty laundry out on the street. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I, I understand you need to be validated and all that. I understand. So find someone in the middle. You, you, whatever. But it's, it's not healthy. It's really not healthy. Next. Um, okay. When you're on the phone, right? You're on the phone. Or you're, if your spouse on the phone, you want to say something to your spouse. Or if you're on the phone, you don't want to be interrupted by your spouse. Just make up a way where you're allowed to interrupt each other. If it's something really important and you want to say something while your husband's on the phone, right on the phone, maybe write it down. It's an important boundary for your, for your relationship. Next, 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 next. The next thing I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is very important. We never, ever, ever say the D word in our relationships. Yes, the D word. I'm talking about divorce. That's what I'm talking about. I'm saying it here. But you should never say that or never imply that or never have any innuendos to that. Chas v'shalom. Chas v'shalom. This is Kedusha. This is a connection that's going to last Bez Hashem for a lifetime and after the lifetime. Okay? Those of you who, who know your Bashert, I mean, just talking about Neshamis, it's a lot of deep, deep, ruchniyistic spiritual stuff. Even in second marriages, it doesn't make a difference. We do not say or imply or insinuate anything that has to do with divorce. It should not, that word should never even exist in your relationship. That's a very important boundary. Extremely, extremely important boundary. People, I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing. Couples, they, they have couples, they're like, and you think of their like horrible relationships. <laughs> I guess, you know, I, I'm not chas, I'm saying. It, obviously, you know, we, we understand how vulnerable 
a, a, a marriages. I, I realize that. But sometimes, okay, you're getting into a fight with your husband. It's not working well. And people, like, all of a sudden, they start saying things. Like, what are you bringing into your marriage? You're talking about things in your marriage, which are like, what? Innuendos or implying chas v'shalom, that, that the marriage is not going to work out? Chas v'chalila, chas v'shalom. Seriously, seriously. It's like just because there's all these divorces going on. Again, I said, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it has to happen. Sometimes. But there's a few, a few and far beyond. Can't talk like this in our relationships. How much bothers me? Honestly, it bothers me. Because relationships could be turned around. It could be turned around. Absolutely. Weiter. And we move on. <laughs> okay. Another boundary. If either of us is eating unhealthy, then we made up that we can say something like, are you really hungry? Can I give you something else? That Or make something up. But not to control control your husband or your wife. I don't even know if we have time to talk about real control. Maybe next week's t- topic is, is really going to be speaking about control. But but right now, right now, this, this is a boundary that we should all have in our relationships, especially when you get older. You know, you're very worried about your husband, his eating habits, or your wife's, her eating habits. More, I find that more women are more worried about their husband's eating habits for the health, for health reasons, really, for the health reasons. You know, yeah. So, so it could work both ways, but you don't, don't control, oh, why are you eating that? Why are you eating that? Don't you know it's not healthy for you? Why are you eating that? It's not the way you talk to your husband. It's your king. The Ramam says a king. It's your king. I'm talking to the men also, not just to the women. It's, it's your queen. You don't speak to a queen like that. You don't speak to a king of that. What are we, Achashverosh? I mean, we talk, we talk with respect. We talk with love. So you could say we made up something. Are you really hungry? That means, you know, you're eating too much now. That's what it means. Can I say that to you? And then just let it go. If your husband's just eating, let it go. Your wife's just eating, let it go. Okay, fine. I mean, obviously, it's becoming a pattern. It's getting unhealthy. You got to take care of it. But, but most, the theme is to be mavater. The theme is to make these boundaries. Next, if the kids inter- interrupt us during the meal, then we can say, let's show Tati some respect. Let's show Mommy some respect. Here's another one. We don't speak about financial pressures in front of the children. It's a very important one. Why should our children be exposed to financial pressures? Enough you have the financial pressure. Why should your children have to go through it? Now, there is an issue as far as children sometimes over-expecting and wanting these expensive things. And There's nothing wrong with saying to the ch- children, we can't afford that right now. Nothing wrong with that. I'm sorry, we can't afford that right now. That's okay. But we're talking about f- real financial stressors, bills that you can't pay, how are we going to pay the tuition? Why, why do kids have to be exposed to that? Seriously, this kid has to go, what? the poor child, the, the innocent child, why does he have to be exp- uh, 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 you know, exposed to this? So speak, to, speak about it privately, but not in your bedroom. Not in your bedroom. It's not a place of financial pressures. It's not a place. It's not, it's not. Find a place to speak about it. Okay. If we feel hurt, we always wait till children and guests are gone unless it's urgent, and then we can excuse ourselves. Okay, if you feel like major, majorly hurt, okay, you could say, oh, you know, come, let's get something from the kitchen, and then you could say, you know, it just happened, yeah, I know you didn't mean it, but I really felt hurt by that comment. Okay, fine, I'm sorry I didn't mean it. Okay, you could sit back down and have, and have, uh, and, and have a, 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 a peaceful, more relaxing meal. But just wait, just wait, just wait. Your wife said something during the meal that hurt your feelings. Your husband said something that stuck you out. Just let it go. Just let it go now and try to be Mavatar. Later on, if you can't be Mavatar, there are ways to negotiate. We spoke about it. You can learn it and stuff like that. Next, 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 next. 
Oh, this is actually an interesting one. We can have certain secret words we say when we feel uncomfortable in a public conversation. If your husband's saying something or your wife is saying something that what? That you feel is inappropriate. You feel it might be hurt, hurting you. Like, for example, let's say your, your husband starts this conversation. It's like a very uncomfortable conversation. Why is he talking about this in front of, in front of the guests? This is, this is very inappropriate, right? Well, kicking him under the table might not work. But... But make something up. Have a secret word. Have something secret, you know? Have a secret word you can say. You can say, you know what? Boy, this, this, is, this is an interesting fork. Whatever it is. Interesting fork. What's so interesting about the fork? People aren't going to hop, but it's a secret thing that you say, and then your, your husband hops. Please, please, please. Just stop. Stop. Stop it. Next, another boundaries I want to talk about here is like this. Toxic threats should not exist in your relationship. They create distance. They should not be used. For example, I'm not washing until the kids are all here. I'm not leaving this house until it's all cleaned. We're not leaving until you make that phone call. I'm not leaving until I make that, my, that phone call. It could work both ways, both husbands and wives. We don't place Toxic threats in our houses because that's that's a control issue. Again, I'm not using it in the same way that she used it here, meaning feeling control. I'm feeling. I'm saying he's controlling. The difference between saying someone's controlling and I'm feeling controlled, and it's control being an abusive way, right? Different types of control, and we'll talk about it hopefully next week. But what I'm saying here is that the toxic threats shouldn't. Oh, I, I mean, a threat. Stop. We don't threaten. Let's not threaten. You could say to your husband, Moshe, Yaakov, Aaron, before we wash, I would really appreciate it if all the kids are here. I'm not washing until all the kids are here. You could do that. Or husbands, men who are listening to this, you could say, I know you're in a rush to leave, but I, 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 if it's okay with you, let me just make that one phone call so I can pay that bill. I'll have a more relaxed car ride. Okay, that'll make me happy. Fine, fine, fine. There's a way to talk, and there's a way to talk. These are boundaries that you want to place in your relationships, very important boundaries that you want to place in your relationship. Okay, now, as far as real control, meaning control, I'm sorry, as far as controlling is concerned, being controlling, I'm just going to give you a heads up and maybe we'll speak about it more next week. Okay, I'll give you a couple of examples, really controlling. And that is your spouse is not allowing you to spend any time with your friends at all. And if you, if, if you do, he makes you feel guilty that you're spending time with them. And, and if by mistake you actually are spending time with your friends, he's constantly calling you to see you where you are and what you're doing. Now already we're talking about maybe a controlling person. Okay, That's, that's a, a controlling person. There, there's, there's one. Or I'll give you some other examples of what real control, what you have to be careful about. Real, real control. Okay, here's another one. Hold on, give me here. Another one. Finances is a biggie. Finances is a really big one. That what? That that they're just they're just really playing with you when it comes to money. And there are couples that do this. It, it's scary to see this. Scary, scary. Literally with husbands, I see mostly in husbands. It could work the other way around if you have the woman who's who's the breadwinner in the house, but especially with husbands. Who start playing with money. I'm not talking about 
where where you know the husband is being a little cheap. Yeah, you have a lot of husbands who are not giving. You know, well, my husband's not giving me enough money. Is that money issues are rampant? But I'm talking about a situation where you get into a fight with your husband, and now he's not giving you money for groceries. I, I know it sounds crazy, but that's the level that I'm talking about. Where you get into a fight with your husband doesn't give you level money for groceries, and I'm not talking about where you want you know the extra roast beef. I'm talking about basic needs. Okay, or you get into, or or your husband will say to you, "I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. If if you uh, hmm, if you A B C, then I'll give you the money that you wanted to uh, you know for the exercise class. You want the money for the exercise class? I'll make a condition. I'll make I'll make a deal with you. If you do this, then I'll make. Well, now you got to be careful of these types of things. That's what I'm talking about. Not where you need money for basic needs, this and that, the other thing. That you know, it's hard financially." And I, I used to be so careful. Now, even then, I would say, don't, don't label your husband as controlling. Find a professional third party, and then he or she will be able to help you. But I'm talking about professionals who have experience, especially in systems, not just individual therapists, in systems. Because if you work with systems, you work with relationships, then you, you have a different eye. It's a different picture of what goes on. It's very, very, very different, individual therapist and marriage therapy, etc. Now, the other thing that I want to say to you, okay, uh, all right, so that's that. Okay, next week I'll probably speak more about control. It's a big issue of control over Pesach. I I I have Pesach Alamei, whatever that. Work with couples, and I've also seen in general that what controls an issue controls an issue, and I'm not talking about controlling, but feeling controlled, especially with teenagers, especially with teenagers. Before we go, again, I want to mention this. It's very very important, and that's like this. I don't want you to miss this, miss out on this, and that's why I'm telling all my listeners, all the J Roots listeners. Listen to me, listen to Mordechai Weinberger, listen to other people. I'm telling you, as the Shemi Sparach, I can't guarantee anything. This is going to be a spectacular event, a really spectacular event. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Sunday, May 15th. I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to this on uh, Thursday, May 5th, or maybe you're listening to this on Monday night. But now that I'm talking, which is Thursday, May 5th, I'm telling you, on May 15th, we're going to have an unbelievable event. Hashem, it's going to be an amazing, amazing event. Myself, I'll be speaking. Uh, Mordechai Weinberger will be speaking. We just got on board one of the most noted psychiatrists in town. Um, he's not in town, he works out of the city, actually. He's assistant professor in Corn Cornell University. Um, Dr. Nudman is going to be speaking. The event is going to start at 6.45. You can get early bird tickets now on jrootradio.com or... You can send emails for those of you who are interested. You could send emails to Directions Mega Event, uh, Directions Mega Event at gmail.com. That's Directions Mega Event at gmail.com. It's going to happen May 15th at night. It's going to be a spectacular event. I urge you to get your tickets soon because there are not going to be any tickets left. There's only a certain amount of, of, of seats over there in SLC. That I will tell you. The only certain amount. I don't know how many. I don't know. I mean, is there going to be enough seats? They're not. I don't know. We never did this before. But I will tell you, Baruch Hashem, that's what I'm talking to you right now. I'm getting texted. That, that there's a very, very big interest in this, and you want to get your tickets at jrootradio.com. Early bird tickets. And Emir Hashem, Nasiv Netzliach. Thank you for joining me today on Ray Mahuvim. This has been Rabbi Greenfield. Those of you who have questions, comments, feedback, text me. Call me, you could try, but yeah, text me 917-397-2841, 917-397-2841. Thank you. Have a great week.